This episode is brought to you by The Running Company Geelong. We are a locally owned small business that services the running community of Geelong and surrounds. We also send product to runners all over the country, so don't be shy in reaching out. Come and see myself, Moose and our awesome team down in Geelong or on Instagram at therunningcompany underscore Geelong. Welcome to episode number 308 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. A big show coming at you this week. All the news out of Berlin Marathon that happened late Sunday afternoon, our time here in Australia. A massive women's world record went down, so I'm looking forward to unpacking all of that with Moose and Bradley. Um, some Melbourne 10K, the Run Pricks news. We've got a listener question, Moose on the Loose. Um, and a bit of a what's coming up segment at the bottom there. Welcome to my co-host up in Canberra, Bradley Croker. How are you this week? Uh, good, Brady. Can you announce what, what event was that in Melbourne again? Run Pricks, was it? Run Pre. Oh, <laughs> Run Pre. Do you say Grand Pricks, the Melbourne Grand Pricks? We'll or do you start call this the again, boys. I'm hitting stock and we'll start again. <laughs> no, start no. Again. Dude, you cannot cut this, Brady. This is gold. Uh, Classic. I, you, you could tell I wasn't prepared here, and I'm scrolling through the agenda as I was <laughs> doing that intro. And I'm, like, and I'm like, what's this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just read that straight off the page. The Brody, run, run very, pre. Brody, I'll be very disappointed if you I don't leave it. that in. I won't cut it. No, I'll leave that, it in. Give, give, give the listeners a laugh mm. straight, off the, um, straight off the bat. How are you, Croaks? Anyway, Good? I'm doing, doing very well, Brady. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Berlin, it's like every week at the moment you think you've seen one of the greatest performances ever, and then the week later it gets beaten. So well, Can't wait to get into it. chatting about that. Yeah, my other co-host, this also distracted me when I was reading these notes because a competition, a giveaway has been dropped in these notes that wasn't there a couple of minutes ago. But Julian Spence, you're going to be talking about a giveaway potentially tonight as well. How are you this week? I'm, I'm good, mate. Thanks for getting into that so early. Wasn't planning on that, but that's um, that's good. Good uh, spin from you. Just trying to um, deflect the attention away from myself, Moose, from stuffing up my No, well, I'm happy to take it here. We are doing a giveaway. Do you want me to tell you about it right, right away? Uh, no, we'll get to it later in the show, eh? Hey? Save get it to for it. later. I'll we'll save, save it for later, later, but I was just yeah, trying to do a bit of a summary of what's coming up. So we've kind of, yeah, spoken about a bit of that as we've started. How's the uh, body, Moose, one week after the marathon? It's all right. It's all right. It's. Um, I felt like I rec- it took me seven days to recover. I, I, every time I, there's a marathon on, I see these people getting out jogging and doing workouts within the week, and I just have no idea how they can physically do it. I, I'm just so smashed up after a marathon that I can't even think about running for at least five days. And then the first few runs after that is sore, achy, few tight spots, few like dull kind of gr- grumbly tightnesses. And uh, yeah, it just—I I just know that I'm not ready for anything hard for a long time. 
I reckon there's an element of genetics involved in that. Like some people just have the ability to like back up like off short recovery. Um, yeah. Yep. Like I was even chatting about it yesterday with um actually I was chatting to Brett Coleman yesterday and he um was chatting about how Reese uh, Edwards ran like you know sub 30 10k and then backed up 10 minutes later and ran a sub 70 half and I, I told Brett that last year he did Sydney Marathon as a warm up race or you know a session for Melbourne he ran 217 in Sydney and then what a month later ran 214 in Melbourne and it's, and and here you are talking about how banged up you are a week yeah. after Sydney thinking you're going to back up in three weeks time and you know smash out a faster marathon in Melbourne could could <laughs> so, never do it. Yeah. And, and yeah, could never even consider doing it. And I just mentally switch off too. Mm. I I just like to have a break after one of these races, and it's just too much, um, too much hype beforehand. I, I just don't want to be thinking about it for the, the week after. Yeah, it's good for the mental break. Yeah, I enjoy it. What do you um? So what you had? Have you got something you follow, like a rough guide? I know you'd be saying that you kind of let your body tell you how you're kind of recovering, but do you have any kind of rules where you have three or four non-negotiable days off? Oh, it's five for me. Yeah, I, I got to have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday totally off. I don't want to do any gym. I don't go on like long bike rides, elliptical. It's just totally off. No exercise. Maybe walk the dog. That'll be the most I do. And then I might, then I'll just see how I'm going. Occasionally, I'll have another five days off after that if things aren't feeling good or I'm coming off an injury or something and I had to repair it or rehab it. But yeah, I, I see how I'm going that weekend and I normally slip into a, like a 20 minute run. I went out with Bree on Saturday and, and just had a jog. It, I probably wasn't ready for it, um, especially how tough the run was just on trails it was only about half an hour i think but it was yeah probably a little outside my um capabilities like in terms of how fresh i felt and like yeah. quads was that the, was that the yeah what i've still got this just a bit of um patellofemoral stuff i didn't say anything and it didn't affect me in the run at all but the um the morning before the race on the saturday i got up from breakfast and I twisted my knee really badly, and I got a really sharp pain under my kneecap on the, on my good knee. And I thought, oh, fuck, that felt really nasty. And it was pretty sore for like the next 10 minutes or so, and I thought I was in trouble. And then it kind of went away. But after the race, as all the other soreness has gone away, that's kind of remained. And so I'm just... I'm a bit cautious of that, and it doesn't. It's that's probably the one thing that, that's holding me back at the moment from doing too much. Yeah, well, if you had a shit one, we would have been hearing all about that. I reckon croaks. <laughs> yeah. Great excuse to have. Yeah. Which did you eat at breakfast the day before? Start calling him Jakob Ingebrigtsen. Jakob, you reckon's the excuse man? Well, he was. Saw a few come out of the weekend, actually. A few uh -huh. good ones. Yeah, a few getting around this morning. Checked a couple of Strava posts first thing this morning when I woke up. Yeah, you know it's coming, don't you? Mm, well, <laughs> the more you put your out yourself out there and build yourself up on social media, then when you yeah. don't land the plane, um, yeah, you got to come up with some excuses. So what's next? Oh, sorry, you go, Moose. Oh, I reckon that people are starting to think of that Strava title at like the 30K mark on a bad day. They're like, oh, I've got to get something sorted. I've got to cook up something. Otherwise, people are going to think that I uh, 
that I wasn't as fit as that I, that I actually was. Well, Imagine yeah. thinking that. Well, let's go there now. So like analyzing race results, like it gets hard with the marathon because there's so many variables, but like there'd be people waking up today that did Berlin or maybe they did Sydney last week. And I guess Sydney's got, um, you can look at some reasons straight away with Sydney and go, hey, maybe it wasn't your day because of the heat, because of the hilly course, the twisty, turny nature of the course as well would affect a lot of people. But um, how do you analyze some results at times? especially if you don't know exactly what went wrong and what to blame. Because I saw some like Strava posts this morning, there's people like, I don't know what happened, but I was gone at 30K or 35K, I was, I was cooked. Yeah, it, it's a really tough one. And sometimes there is no rhyme or reason to it. Sometimes you wake up and, well, here's, I've been battling with this because I had an athlete who had a, not a great day, but not a terrible day. And the, like the reason was my legs just felt shit from the very start now is that an unlucky day is that waking up and and a bad luck oh some days you just have a sore legs tired legs sometimes they feel like bricks or is that the result of something in the taper that wasn't properly executed is that tapering too aggressively or is that too uh conservative with the taper is it not doing enough sort of leg tone over the week of the race or is it not running enough the week of the race? So th- they're the sort of things that I think can contribute to to that staleness on the morning of. Um, Did and, that sound good? It, no. Oh, no. yeah. Because I get that like I felt sluggish and then 4 or 5K in, I kind of clicked into it. Yeah. No, it was like leg-related issues or um, like staleness with early cramping that's never been experienced before, like on a, in any other training run or, or any other long distance. And, and they're the ones that are frustrating because you just don't know how to prepare for that because you've never experienced it before. And there's really nothing you can do, like at that point in the run, if, if your legs aren't behaving. How many marathons have they done, Moose? Uh, that was their second. Yeah. So I, I think the marathon as well is one of those events where – the more of them you do, you learn how you should feel at different stages. Um, and, yeah, because there's no, there's no doubt there's a few people yesterday who, like, I know, like Nipper, for example. You know, that was Nipper's second marathon ever. He ran 221 in Sydney. And, you know, he, what, was on 212, 213 marathon pace at one point. And for a guy that's done traditionally, like, track stuff where you're always, like, you know, hurting pretty early on in races. Like, it takes time. And, and, you know, he would get through 10K, 15K, 20K, still feeling like, you know, I'm not I'm not blowing up at the moment, but it's obviously too fast for the current fitness. And then, you know, it ends up sort of, you know, running 219 when he should be running way faster than that because mm. he just doesn't, I guess, understand how you should feel at given given stages of the marathon. Um, yep. and, and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a learning curve. I, I really a quote and a lot of sort of like a not a quote but a um, a bit of guidance I guess a little bit of old person wisdom is if it feels like it's too easy early in the race it's probably perfect or it could still be a little bit too fast and and I reckon as you get more ambitious with your goals you tend to forget that and and I reckon like that's something I don't think. In any of my good marathons, 
that's ex- that's been the exact case every single time I've run well. And every single time I haven't run well, I've probably been at the 15K mark and thought, oh, this is not right. Like, I'm working too hard right now. And I didn't make any necessary adjustment and it turned to shit. I also think so many people are really fixated on, like, best best case scenario on the day and always go out at that pace as opposed to just giving yourself a bit of an insurance policy by dialing it back a little bit for that first 15 to 20 K and it might be, you know, seconds a K, which doesn't sound like a lot, but through 10 K that's 30 seconds. So 30 seconds down on, you know, your a goal. It just, it just saves your race. I think like Mm. the example, Rob, who I coach, I um I listened to their episode on the Saturday morning because I almost didn't. I was going to go for a run. I thought I'll just listen to some music, but then I'm like, oh, I should probably listen to you know to hear what he said. And I heard him say that you know he was aiming to run anywhere between like 18:30 and 18:45 5k splits. And like once I heard that, I I messaged him and said, mate, just go more like the 18:45s for at least the first three 5k splits. And he did that, and I thought personally he would be able to kick down off that. And as it turned out, he pretty much held that pace the whole way. So by him just slowing down a little bit from what he thought he was maybe able to do for the whole race, it meant that, okay, he didn't kick down, but if he if he went 1830s, 5K splits for the first 15K, uh, he, he probably wouldn't have broken um, 240. So I think yeah. just you know putting that little bit of an insurance policy early on in the race, um, yeah, it means you, you may not you may not negative split, but you, you're more likely to just at least you know keep it even or have a really small positive split and still have a pretty good day. Yeah, and you, you know some people think of the insurance policy as the other way around. Our, <laughs> yeah. our co-host uh, used to be one of them. Is the old bank bank time method. Mm. Oh, we'll get a, we'll get an extra minute up our sleeves in the first half. That way, we'll allow for the the slight positive split, uh, and that's just not how it works. It it never really has worked unless it's going to be difficult in the second half, yeah. and and that could be difficult through weather or hills or whatever. Uh, but Jimmy Jimmy is a good example as well. So Jimmy he went out a little bit more conservative than probably everyone was telling him he could run. And maybe his outlandish, like, great A-goal type pace. And uh, he worked out pretty quickly. He couldn't kick down from that. And so he was able to maintain the pace and positive split slightly, and that was his best result for the day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Don't know about the dig at me, though. Like, I never, I never, had, be- I never had a disaster. Like, I no, never- not disaster, but you were running 69... 40 into 71 yeah, every single yeah. time. But you're coming away yeah. with a 221, not a two. I saw some stuff yesterday of guys going, you know, 228, stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, and if anything, the marathon, is, the marathon is one of those events where, like, you shouldn't be afraid to go through halfway slower than you want because, as we know, like, marathon pace is so much slower than what you're actually capable of running. Like, if you if you have so much left in the tank with 10K to go – you can probably run 10 seconds a K faster than what you what, what you're running up until that point. If you like, if you've got so much left in the tank, five to five to 10 seconds a K, which over 10 K is um you know what 50, over about a minute. 
So you can make up that minute in the second half because of how slow marathon pace is compared to what your top end speed is. It's just such a yeah. more enjoyable way to run it too. And like you don't have massive demons when it goes pear-shaped at 32K mm. and you've got to hang on for 10K. Yeah. I, I also think there's a underestimation of how much one or two quick kilometers can really hurt you. Mm. And, and just slipping by five or 10 seconds per K like which can get like say you're in a group all of a sudden the group gets rolling you haven't really realized what's happening um or you, you're realizing it but you haven't made the decision to let them go yet and then you run say you're trying to run 350s and then there's a 347 344 341 and then all of a sudden the next 350 that you run feels a bit more difficult to 352 355 oh fuck it like you've got to be a bit more focused and in tune when things start to heat up. And if it's in the first 30 K when things are heating up, you, you need to be very analytical about what you do there and very disciplined. And people get caught up with having the comfort of the pack when it's just, the packs end up breaking anyway. Yeah. So you yeah. still got to run. You st- like just cause you're in a pack doesn't mean you just roll along like you're cycling. Running's not quite like that. And the heart rate required to increase pace by five to ten seconds a K. The group the group benefit doesn't just do that for you. Mm. Anyway, how many K's you run last week, Moose? That was your weekly uh, recap. Six K for the we're just yeah. talking off air. This could be our lowest combined kilometers ever in the history yeah. of inside running, and six hasn't got us up to off to a great start. Krogs, how many did you do? Uh, I did fifty point six, which yeah. um I'm Talk pretty proud it. of that. That's my biggest week since end of June. Um, yeah, so Monday I just went out, yeah, seven, just over 7K at 4.36s. Tuesday I uh, just warmed up with the group. So I did 10 minutes before the start of the warm-up and then the sort of 20-minute warm-up to, um, yeah, do half an hour at 4.32s. Wednesday morning I went out, had the Super Blast on. So the first two runs for the week I wore, I think, like Infinity React, and um, the Nimbus 25, and I thought, oh, I'll put the Super Blast on. It always makes for an enjoyable run, but, uh, yeah, I, I didn't feel great on this one. Um, yeah, 4.37s for 40 minutes. Uh, I still think I was just getting over my this bit of sickness that I had, um, like late, oh, when was it, the week, week before. Um, and then, yeah, took Thursday off, um, got out Friday afternoon and it was just one of those afternoons where I felt like I could run forever. So one, I think having the day off, getting over the sickness, but the weather, it was one of those days where if you saw the bomb, it would say it was probably 19, 20 degrees, but feels like maybe 12. So like it was no wind whatsoever. And it was probably the first run since I've started back exercising where, I felt like I, you know, could have kept going for another 30, 40 hour, like an hour. So I did 10K at 4.25s. Saturday, um, yeah, I didn't run in the morning because we had a um, yeah, fair few uh, Mulligans flat track club athletes doing a park run. So we did that and then headed out for breakfast afterwards, which was, um, yeah, it was good to catch up with everyone. And then we, yeah, went out that afternoon, just um, 7.5K, 4.26s. And then Sunday long run was 45 minutes at 4.21. So, um, yeah, that was that was my week. Buy your own breakfast? Or someone shout you? No, nah, I bought breakfast. Okay. Yeah. 
thought the big dog of the group might have uh, got a free breakfast out of that moose. Nah. Time away. Um, oh, I don't think he'd like to owe people. True. <laughs> I, I don't reckon he's one of those guys. He'd be thinking about that for a while. So I reckon he's got a bit of a black book of people that owe him. I like being, I like being debt free. <laughs> um, when's your next checkup, Croaks? Will you uh, check in? Yeah, so I um I chatted to Brett yesterday because he's been running with Andre the last two Sundays and actually uh, Brett's texted me both Sundays saying, Oh, ran with Andre, spoke about you, he um yeah, he'll be in touch soon and that was like two like yeah, last Sunday and then yesterday he uh, texted me again saying, Yeah, ran with Andre again. He's um he's made it a priority to to get you sorted. Um so yeah, I don't have a date yet for that whole Melbourne um, loop recorder and VO2 max test. Uh, but I did get an email today from Professor Cowman, who was the electrophysiologist that I was referred to for like a follow-up appointment at the end of October. Um, yeah, which is funny because he's the guy that, uh, yeah, he actually didn't do the surgery. He uh, he got one of his colleagues to do it, um, but I guess I'm, I'm going to be seeing him as, as a follow-up. So. That's where that's at at the moment. Okay, that's good. Mm. Then we'll get some more news about how hard you can push it. Yeah, hopefully it all comes back. Like, hopefully I do the VO2 max test and my heart rhythm looks perfect. And then they put the loop recorder in and there's no uh, no issues. And then, yeah, fingers crossed I can start to do a little bit more. Because it's like... I was pretty good for that 10, 11 weeks where I was told not to do anything. But now, like, I'm sort of starting to feel like some fitness is coming back. And then you watch Berlin Marathon and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember when we were over there. It was pretty cool. Maybe it'd be cool to do one more marathon. And then I go out and meet the group for training. And um, I'm like, oh, it'd be cool just to be able to jump in and do sessions with these guys. So hopefully I yeah get the all clear to at least, you know, train at sort of 70, 80% effort. Mm. I yeah. like that. I'm going to whistle through this week. Didn't do much. Monday, I had a day off. I come home from Sydney late on Sunday night, and then I stayed in Bendigo because I was a bit tired. Didn't want to drive the whole way home. So on Monday, I drove home. And then um, my ankles were really sore, Moose. Your ankles bad yeah, Monday? My, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> my ankles were really sore. And I, they've been sore all week. Yeah, well, mine came good, but that was like the – yeah, it felt like I had rolled ankles almost, I guess with a twisty-turny – nature of the course and the u-turns and stuff i don't know that's the only thing i could put it down to the hills You're getting older now mm. this is the, this is arthritis coming through like mine mm, yeah we might both might have it ankles anyway i was just exhausted like i think the early wake up sunday morning and i didn't say on last week's show my flight got cancelled going up friday night so i had a bit of a late night friday night as well so i just took monday off i'm like i'm sore i'm super fatigued i'm just not going to run on monday and then Tuesday, we were off on a family holiday to Browlee, um, near your neck of the woods, Croaks, southern yep, New South a... Wales, south coast. Is that what you call it? Uh, uh, New South Wales, south coast. Okay. South coast of New South Wales. But not surf coast. You don't, it's not big with surfers down there? Uh, well, yeah, any, anywhere there's anywhere on the coast is big with surfers, okay. but it's not called the surf coast. This is like the Yurubadala Shire. Is this like when Melbourne people go down to where Moose lives, is this where like Canberra and Sydney people go in summer? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You ever yep. been there, Moose? Browley? No, is that, so that's below um, Batemans. Batemans yeah, Bay, just, yeah. Only, only just. 15 yeah, minute drive, no, if that. Ever been there. I yeah. come off the, um, 
through Canberra, you got to turn, normally turn left to go up to like Ulladulla area, yep. not right. Yeah. So that's where my yeah. So my parents are in Ulladulla. Yep. Yeah. Oh, are they? That, yeah. That's that's where I grew up. Yeah, that's where yeah. from. Yeah. How old are you again? Uh, forty-three now. Forty-three. There's a um, what was his name? Yeah, the the um, Borley boys. You heard of them? Oh yeah. So yeah, like I know. Yeah, Borley Point. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a little um, <laughs> crew of surfers there called the Borley Boys. They used to put out videos on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. A, I, um, yeah, I don't know them personally. Oh, you don't know? No. Not made to them. Yeah. What about Bravo? I got, I got a, I got a friend that was in like from there that was a, he's a like semi well I think he was a professional surfer, um, but he he, he was uh, I went and stayed with him once at Borley Point. That is an awesome little spot in there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a nice running through there. Mm. Yeah, oh, Borley is it? Was that be good running through the whole spot there? Wouldn't Point they, running it. Yeah, well, I used to run from, like, North Durris over to, like, Borley Point and back. Like, this was before I found a few of the other um, places closer to Batemans Bay. So, like, before like before Lake Biwa, like, when we were down the coast over Christmas and stuff, like, I was doing all of my long runs through through there. Um, hilly, but, you know, like, nice wide sort of fire trails um, and, yeah, minimal cars. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, we got in the car Tuesday morning, drove there. It was like eight hours. Looked like a good idea when we were talking about it, but eight hours in the car is a long way with two kids. Have to stop every couple of hours. Um, so I didn't run at all Tuesday either because we left at 6.30 and we arrived at about 5 p.m. Um, but then Wednesday I did get out for a run, explored a bit Croaks, went over to Mossy Point, bit of the Browley Beach, um, some back streets, did 45 minutes at 4.26 pace. And then I started looking for tracks on Strava. And notice that Brad Croker, the king of Strava segments around there, um, started hitting up some of his local tracks and then went out. What's this location, Croaks, where you do that lap? Where you did that, like, five, 4K tempo? Oh, it's called, like, Goldfields. Yeah, it's nice out there, Moose. You would have loved it out there. Some rolling hills. Nice, sandy. See, the photo, right? see the photo I put on Strava? I must have missed you this week on Strava, yeah, mate. I well, didn't see you. I didn't even know you were away. There wasn't much coming up. That's why. Anyway, so on the Thursday, I did an hour at 4.28. Um, on the Friday, I thought I'd better do some kind of workout. I did eight by two minutes. Hovered around, I don't know, 3.03, 3.05 kind of pace for the two minutes off one minute jog. When I go on holidays, like this is very much like a family holiday, not like a training camp holiday. Um, I just find it very like hard to get the motivation to do stuff. So I just look for easy workouts, things I can quickly tick off and then get home to, um, yeah, be kind of with the family, which is kind of the goal of the holiday. So a little kind of half-assed workout there. Saturday, this was after the footy on Friday night. Do you guys watch this? Collingwood versus GWS Giants. What a I game did. of footy. They reckon well, the best, uh, best yeah. game in the last 20 years, they reckon, Croaks. Best prelim. How yeah. tense was that last 10 minutes? Pretty good. It's just a shame, shame about How the grim result. was it, Croaks? I always went to bed and I was like, I feel so fucking flat that Collingwood won. Like, this is... I, I would have actually preferred, like, Geelong to get beaten than Collingwood win. Yes. That's that's how I feel about what happened just in that footy. Well, I went to bed on the Friday night going, well, whoever wins on Saturday, I want them to win the grand final. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. Why do you guys so much? <laughs> Blokes like you. Why? Just diehard supporters. 
Just cheering on our team. Did you see the Collingwood Army? They reckon the stands were shaken. Overseas listeners, 97,000 people watching this game of Australian rules footy. Most of them Collingwood supporters just going absolute nuts that we won by one point and now we're off to the grand final next week. I've seen a few of them on the news this week complaining about tickets. Yeah. The ticket system. Yeah, it sounds like there's just too high a demand. I was actually going to get on here this week and see if anyone had a ticket for me at the grand final. Any connections out there within the listeners? But oh, you're a, you are. A sounds sweet, like it's pretty hard to get one. Dog. <laughs> You've yeah. done that before on here. I remember. What about me, mate? Um, me, me brother goes to me, sends me a message going, "How well do you know Kane Corns? Reckon he can get his tickets to the grand final?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, not that good, mate. Not that good at all." So. So, he could probably get your ticket to Sydney Marathon, though. He could. He's an ambassador for those guys. Um, so heart rate was still high, I reckon. But I did get out for that loop, Croaks. That nice little trail out there. Uh, 16 hey, Brady. Brady sorry. Yes. Carly Collingwood supporter? Um, no, nah, she was Essendon, but she didn't really follow footy. And now she's kind of become a bit of a Collingwood supporter since she married me. And both the kids have got Collingwood jumpers and stuff like that. So... Does she just, like, make you watch this out in the back oh, yeah. room, yeah. like, in the bungalow? Yeah, we spoke about that when we were driving home today, where I'd be watching it on Saturday. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's where I'd be watching it. Sometimes I go out and light the fire and just get the iPad out and watch it on the iPad. Um, but, yes, yeah, yeah, she does. Oh, she'd join in. She would want to see us win because she knows it would make me happy. Folks. Yeah. Us. Us. <laughs> see us win. See us yeah. win. Yeah, it's going to imagine if they win this week. I'm going to get him a car, go straight to Melbourne, and just join the Collingwood Army down there in the streets. Probably the biggest sporting event if it happened since Kathy Freeman won gold in 2000, I'd say. Um, Sunday, got out for an hour, 4.27. Got chased by a dog out the back streets there, Croaks of Browley, and then turned around. Couldn't do me loop. That happened a bit down there. What sort of dog was it? Uh, I don't know, big one. Labrador? No, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You, um, you missed out on some really good running down there, like... That you know, you sent me that um, Runnyford Road yeah. Strava file, yeah. and like you should have definitely got out there. It was like a ten-minute, probably a ten-minute drive from where you are, and it's one of the best places to do like a run. Yeah, that wasn't the goal though, Crokes. It was a family holiday. Next time, went to the yeah. Mogo Zoo. That was good. Saw some, yeah. um, saw a rhino, some gorillas. Still don't know how I feel about seeing gorillas in their like captivity. Just, just doesn't doesn't sit well with me. All those animals there. Guess what Hudson's favourite favorite animal was at the zoo? Gorillas, mm. giraffes, rhinos. Ken- kangaroo. No, nah, like the duck. The ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Just paid an arm and a leg to get him in the door, and then his favourite animal was the ducks. <laughs> they probably weren't even in uh, like enclosure, they're just hanging out. Yeah, they were just hanging around. They're yeah. like in the car. They're probably trying to get rid of them. They're probably poisoning them to get them out of the enclosures. <laughs> anyway, week of um, 68Ks, back on the horse this week. Do some do some training. Question for Actually, question for both of you. It was a question I was going to ask Moose, but didn't get around to it. So what's like next for both of you, um, you know, in the sort of next couple of months um, to like, I suppose, next marathon? Where, where are you guys, what are you guys thinking? Brady? I've got nothing on the short term. I know, um, like, because AV kind of finished, I'm not too motivated to do the track. I was toying with the idea to go to Auckland Marathon and run it similar to, um, like, Gold Coast, just try to, just to run a, you know, run a solid marathon, have another positive experience, don't, like, go, go for that massive breakthrough time, because I don't think that's where the place is to do it. But yeah, I'm probably looking more next year, Croaks. Um, maybe just do some road races, 
Yeah, but I'm, I was just thinking that today, to be honest. I'm like, I need something just to lock into the calendar, just to give me a bit of motivation to get the training done. Mm. What do you well, think? You miss? I, I just, I booked flights to Osaka today. Today? <laughs> so, well, yeah, probably a bit early because the um, entries, they open tomorrow, but there's also, a, it says there's a lottery if they exceed the amount that are um, pro- like portioned out for mm. This category of entry. Hope they don't. Hope they don't look at your DNF from last year. Go, oh, we'll give it to somebody who's actually going to finish the race. Oh, yeah. No, well, I've got one under the belt now. Now I can enter. I would That's have been true. in real strife if I hadn't got got Sydney finished. At least now I can enter these. Like, not even a any type of fast runner entry. I just got to enter. Uh, and and you'd pretty much like they the way they um, allocate tickets is someone who's with a PB that they have linked a result to. And then the second category of preference is to someone who said they've run a time, but they don't link anything to. And then the third one is um, someone who has never even mentioned a time. It's a, it's quite an odd, like, um, staggering of priorities to entrance. I, I think that's how they do it anyway. Was there like a, do you get drinks and stuff there? No, nah, no, nah, no way. It's an elite race, like proper elite. There's no like domestic kind of sub-elite. Oh, there probably is for those guys. I think it's the um, – I actually think Osaka might be the Olympic qualifying event oh, yeah. for Japan. Yeah. And, and, you, and they have changed the course too. So the course was they, pretty good though, wasn't it? The course was really good, but they've, even, they've improved it again according to one Instagram post I saw. Uh, they said improved course, um, you know – it's all translated from Japanese. Well, I couldn't notice too much different on the map, actually. Mm. It all looked pretty similar to me. How um, how'd you find the second half of that course, Moose? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> how much is this? How long does this go on for? <laughs> no, no, just, <laughs> uh, just, just came to me then. <laughs> you just got That's it all it. written <laughs> down, and you just throw out a few zingers every week. We're done now, Moose. No, you got the monkey off your back last week. You finished the marathon. You ran, you know, a smart race, respectable time in the conditions. So, you're off the hook now. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, Is it Feb, Moose, or April? March. Feb twenty-five. Feb. Feb twenty-five. So, yeah, it, well, it's six months from today, I think. Mm. So, that's not. I mean, it feels like it'll be closer. It feels like um, I'm about to hit summer, but we're only in September. Because it's been so warm lately, and I'm like, oh yeah, we got to start doing like summer track workouts and everything. But nah, still only, uh, <laughs> still only in at the start of autumn. Are you serious about the Auckland one, Brady? Because I, I don't reckon go and run another half-ass marathon. Like I, I reckon the risk, the trap there is you just fall into going, oh yeah, I'll just go and you know, you know, run these sort of comfortably hard. Whereas yeah. I think you're better. I think for your next one, like you're better off just going all in. Yeah, um, I think and I, I think will you'll do some shorter yeah, stuff. Yeah, sorry. I, I think you'd get more from like going all in on a couple of marathons next year. Yeah, I think so. I just googled it too. It's only like four weeks away, so that's pretty um pretty tight. Four weeks. Yeah, I think it's four or five weeks. Mate, what are you doing? Yeah, I won't be You're doing smarter it. Smarter than that. That's what I'm saying. Smarter. I won't be doing it. I won't be doing it. Come do a Saka. You could pull that off. Yeah, I might. You're not working next year, are you? Um, got to put my work intentions in by the end of September. Few days. I reckon you, yeah, I reckon you can work next year. Can you work be, You've got all those properties around Chuka you rent out. I don't have any properties I rent out. I've just been here before. 
You are a landlord. I pay a mortgage. I've got two, um, two children I've got two to feed. Two mortgages. <laughs> <laughs> it would be good it would be good to get you to Osaka you know it's the perfect time you can start your marathon training at like just before Christmas kind of thing and you're training through the heat you've got all the time off in January even if you do go back to work you've got like five weeks of professional running true six weeks school holidays I reckon that's one thing Moose training in our summer to go to a cold marathon is so underrated like yeah. every, everyone talks about like in and like, you know, Berlin's obviously fast, but there's no doubt that the majority of, unless you live in Queensland, the majority of your training uh, in Australia in the lead up to Berlin is in cold weather. Yep. And you go, you go over there and look, yesterday wasn't hot, but 16 degrees with, you know, you know, relatively high humidity is going to zap people towards the back end compared to you train here in like high 20s 30 degrees and you go somewhere that's like 10 and like the heat 100 like i'm with you no, no, no. like even moose you even went me saying gold coast was hot i didn't say i'm not agreeing with him about that i'm agreeing with him saying our summer is the perfect conditions to get ready for a marathon yeah because i look at um yeah. I look when I – so 2018 before Lake Biwa, like, it, it was a quite a hot summer. And, like, I remember getting, like, you know, some of the sessions probably weren't as great because of the heat. But then Lake Biwa that year, it wasn't traditionally one of their, like, super cold years. It was it was probably, like, 15, 16, 17 degrees. But coming from, like, from where I had been, like, I didn't even notice the heat that day. Uh, Whereas if I if I was training in July, August, September, and then went over into those conditions, I would have definitely noticed the heat. So um, that's where I think something like Valencia is probably pretty good as well because you'd be doing a lot of your prep mm. now where it is starting to warm up and then you go to Valencia and it's you know not going to be an issue. Whereas there's, there's no doubt Berlin, yes, the course is good, but um, yeah, if you're coming from Australia, you're probably not going to be quite as acclimatized as, as you could be. Japan is when you get to yeah. two moose. That's what we yeah. want. Well, that's that's it for Go me. For like weekend, hundred percent. Like I, I book flights where I can sleep overnight, get out, and basically don't lose a day at all. And then coming home, same thing. Get on the plane at eight p.m., wake up and at six p. six a.m. Where are you or, going? Or business. Seven, um, no, well, not I've got sleep. points. Get stuff. Not sleeping on the way over, hey? but on the way back, I'm going um, domestic. But it doesn't matter because it's overnight sleeping. It's all good. Like, it's perfect. Um, I, I really like Japan. I think it's so much more value there than, than Europe. Yeah. For me, anyway. Less variables. All right. Um, let's thank some Patreon supporters. Croaks, who you got? Uh, I've got Ben Dutton this week. Uh, ben lives in Warrenora in New South Wales, which is in the southern shire of uh, Sydney. He's got a best 5K of 1830. And a 10K of 40.03. Both of those came during the 2022 Sutherland Surf. He ran 18.50 at this year's Sydney Harbour 5K. Uh, pretty sure he works at Basement Health and Fitness in Kirrawee and looks after their run club. And um, looks like he runs between sort of 40 and 60K a week. So thanks for your support, Ben. Moose, who are you thanking this week? Thanks, Ben. Yeah, I've got Matt Catterson. Goes by Cato from Ballarat. He uh, actually gave Cato a job back in the day, went, uh, probably 2020, I reckon it was, 
he started working for us. He's a sensible fella. He runs for Eureka, but he was part of the Ballarat Regional Athletic Club, the BRAC Centre cross-country team this season, who had quite a, um, quite a, they were quite a revelation, actually. The best result Ballarat has had in years in the AV series, and there's good little culture developing there. Similar to Bendigo, but uh, much better blokes, I'm, led, I'm sort of led to believe. And they were like powerhouse juniors coming up, the Ballarat kids, like really good athletes. They used to win a lot of the junior ends, and now they're starting to, to find their feet in the seniors. So don't be surprised if you see the, the Ballarat um, singlet on the podium of a few of those team events. I think they were third at uh, the TAN, maybe. Ah, Mentone were. Oh, oh, good. Yeah, sorry, Mentone were good there, but third at uh, second maybe at um, second maybe at Burnley or third. Oh, yeah. Anyway, he's run four hundred three for fifteen, eight fifty for three k, or fifteen fifty nine for five, thirty two hundred two for ten. That was at the Goldie Ten this year. Got a photo with Yuki on his Strava. He went to St Pat's, which is same school as Monner in Ballarat, real sporting school, St Pat's. Uh, and Croaks even looked up an article where Matt was volunteering his time to deliver meals to elderly residents in the Creswick era. Creswick area as part of the Ballarat Meals on Wheels program. Yeah, when was did, that, what, Croaks? Uh, it was like 2020, maybe. What yeah, a right. what a good fella. Hmm. He is a really a nice guy, guy Cato. He's currently got a sacral stressy, so that's yeah. not great. And I heard that it is because he's just started to develop a little more as a man. And and it's getting a lot of notice around town, and there's a bit too much going on in Cato's life. A little bit but too much load for the hips. That's the word, anyway, and that's come from some of his um, teammates. Oh, yeah. Where do I go to from here? I'm going to thank uh, Nick Shapel from Wayville in South Australia. He's a runner PB athlete. You are correct here, Croaks, in these notes. He's coached by uh, Guy Walters has a best park run of 1947 and his best 10K of 42.10, which was during this year's Barossa Half Marathon, where he ran 89.02. He ran his first ever marathon in 2018 at the Connor Martin Marathon in Ireland. Um, he ran 3 hours 19 on a course that has almost 400 metres of climbing. Professionally, he's a director at the Leachia Monterey Chartered Accountants, and my research also tells me that he is a very popular man and enjoys attending a lot of weddings. So a massive thank you, Nick, for your support of the Inside Run podcast. Ben and Matt, uh, the finale of uh, Road to Berlin is going to be this week. The boys are all finished their race from yesterday and they'll be recapping their race. So that should be quite interesting. And then we're going to go into a new series Um haven't got it fully announced yet, but I'll have the news on next week's show of what that is. But it's going to be pretty special, I think. You can sign up on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast. Three different tiers there. Early entry, uncut version of the show sometimes. Um, do I say entry? Early early release. Early access. Early access, that's the word I'm looking for. Heaps of benefits over there, all described on Patreon. So check that out. Oh, it goes to Spotify as well. That's a good little feature. Um, I still haven't worked out how to do that yet. Haven't you? No. Oh. I'll send you a link after send this. Send me instructions. Yeah, that'd be yeah, good. It's pretty easy to follow. This episode is brought to you by the running company Geelong. 
We are a locally owned small business that services the running community of Geelong and surrounds. We also send product to runners all over the country, so don't be shy in reaching out. Our store is staffed by experienced and passionate runners who are experts in footwear and running accessories. We have one of the largest ranges of training, racing and trail shoes in the country and provide a detailed and intuitive fitting service for all customers. On top of our shoes, you'll find apparel, watches, nutrition, socks, hats and all the other rad stuff that runners nerd out on. If you'd like to look after a small business rather than the mega companies of the world, then hit up myself, Moose and the team down in Geelong on Instagram at the running company underscore Geelong or select Geelong at the checkout on the running company.com.au. Let's go run a news Bradley. I think you were maybe paying the most attention to this. Me and you maybe. Moose wasn't too active in our chat last night oh. when the Berlin Marathon was happening. Where were you, Moose? My sister's over from Perth actually. Okay. So yeah, we had a, a uh, family quiet. dinner. So I just had the phone sitting there with the tracker on. That's all I that's all I got out of it. Yeah. Croaks and I were watching dodgy streams. Um, but they yeah. worked it right. No commentary most of the time. I was surprised by that. Like, um, yeah, I think I had a t- was it? I think it was a tie tie one um, that was that worked the whole time. And then there was another one that had the English commentary that maybe cut out at I don't know thirty, just over thirty k. Which um, I was surprised because I thought there'd be no way, like, you know, you'd, you'd have to sign up to Flow Track or you wouldn't be watching it. Well, Flow Track had the first hour, uh, the first half for free, but no commentary for the whole race. Which I reckon did that's you, pretty Do rough. you know boys not just pay your flow track fees? And Man, I just watch told you before, races. I've got a mortgage, I've got two kids, I've got to work full time. Money hey, doesn't grow on in a Duke of my I reckon running, I, I agree though, Moose. I reckon I reckon I will. And um I reckon I'll start up a few like just watch parties with like the Mulligan's Flat Track Club group. because um, a few guys were actually doing that yesterday afternoon. So uh, and because often these European marathons are sort of perfect for us. It's sort of around dinner time. Yeah, it is. Mm. Yeah, even the Japanese ones are good. They're like late morning, so you can get them yeah. at eleven a.m. They're, they're not on flow track though. Well, it's okay. Probably Tokyo is. Oh yeah, Tokyo might be. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely like as a running fan, I reckon it is worth it because then you can you can also get some of the bigger um, track meets too. Yeah, yeah, they got heaps of college stuff though, don't they? I reckon if you're real into the college scene, it'd be good value for money. Anyway, yeah. let me go yeah. uh, women's first, Croaks, because this was amazing. Take us through uh, the yeah. results, these splits. Hold on to your chair if you haven't heard these yet. Yeah, so Tixt, how do you pronounce the first name? Is that right? Tixt? 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 Uh She won the race and broke the world record. She ran 211.53, and her splits were 66.20 through the first half and 65.34 for the second half. The old record was like 2.14 low, like 2.14.03 or something like that. Um, so absolutely smashed it. Um, Shayla Chepkarui was second in 2.17.49 and Magdalena Showery was third in 2.18.41. Um, I remember messaging you, Brady, going, she's going she's gonna to run at one point, I think maybe 30 to 35K because initially she was on more like 2.13 pace and then the tracker got her at like, 2 12 20 and i said to you like this is incredible like she could potentially break 2 12 and you're like no she's gonna run 2 13 isn't she i'm like no nah, tracker says 2 12 um yeah i i don't even know what to think like i like i i just think of the guys in the like the caliber of male athlete that you've needed to be to run 2 11 53 in the past and um 
yeah, my mind was blown. Like my mind was blown last week when Segai ran 14 flat for 5k, and but this is like another level. Um, yeah, Watch, thoughts. Yeah, well, watching the stream, like I think they showed him around 5k, and there was a massive pack. Like Berlin often is. Yeah, that's where James Nippers was in the pack. There's all these mm. kind of sub elite guys. It's probably a pack of like 30, 40 people, and then they threw to like to the men, and then they come back to him at like 10k, and it was just like her and her pacemaker and they were just flying you're just like what are we seeing here this is like she just blew that whole pack to pieces um, well think about think about this she's run 65 34 second half that's winning half marathons yeah. every day of the week five years to 50 years before this that's not winning them that's like the half marathon world record isn't it yeah Oh, it's, women, quick, like, it's quicker now. I think it's like 64 now. I looked that up as Yeah, we're but like five years ago, yeah. was that it? And, and, and the way that she closed, like she averaged 303 per K for the last 2.195. That's 62.52 um, now. G'day's got it. I was yeah, actually looking. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is as well, like she's quite unique in that like hardly races. I had a look. She has not done a race this year. She, she won um, Berlin last year in, like, 2.15, and then she ran a half marathon in December, um, won it in, like, 67 minutes, but hasn't raced, like, since. Well, not on a world athletics profile. Um, she's quite unique in that she used to focus on 800s. So she's a sub two-minute runner or around two minutes. Um, Some, and one, I think, yeah. I've got yeah, a profile one, open here. Yeah, yeah, so she won a Diamond League 800-metre um, race and then obviously stepped up. And, like, you don't see many athletes doing that or the ones that do do it are your DeBarbers who, you know, who were, like, world-class for so long at the 1500 and then as they get older are like, all right, I'm moving up to the marathon now, whereas she's not that old. What is she, 26 maybe, Brady? Uh, yep, she's 26. Yeah, um, so she obviously got, like, good speed, but, I did, like... Also looked up um, the world ranking points to see how this compares to like Kipchoge's marathon world record, and his was uh, he get thirteen hundred and twelve points. She is thirteen hundred and eighteen points. So I guess based on that, you'd say that the women's world record is now better than the men's. But then I looked at some other results, and um, uh, Elga Rouge's fifteen hundred meter world record is like only thirteen hundred and two points. Um, where the big ones are are like uh, Usain Bolt's 100 and 200 in like the 1350s, um, Carson Warholm 13.41 for his four hurdles, um, Duplantis 13.30, and Sydney McLaughlin 13.12. So, um, yeah, I, I thought potentially this would be like the highest of all track and field, but, yeah, not quite. Her, it, mm. It's like her career is in two parts, just looking at her results, like the – you know, the, the early 2010s, I guess, like the 11s and 12s, 13s, was all these 800s, the 159.2, which you spoke about, Luzanne Diamond League in 2014. And then it's almost like she disappears until 2000. And um, she ran a half marathon in Valencia in 2019 and ran 68.24. And then ran a half marathon last year in um, April and ran 67.28. Before then, she went to Berlin and ran that two fifteen. And then I think I actually said to you yesterday when we saw that she was in this race, it was like, has she? Yeah, has she done anything since? Because remember, it was a huge breakthrough this time last year. We were talking about it because she did do her debut in two thirty. 
was it 234? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and um, then, here yeah. we go. It's, uh, where is it? I've got it here. I was just looking as well. She's around a 54 second 400. Yeah. Back when she was like an eight. Yeah. That's what uh, you could tell when she was closing, how quick she was. It's not on here. Um, yeah, I think last year, I think it was a 234, 235 yeah. was her debut. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really fascinating, um, yeah, improvement, development. I never thought I'd see a 211 from a female. Oh. So why do you um, suppose she doesn't race very often? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't do you reckon know. it's got something to do with what happens after the race if you do well? What, in terms of you, well... You get not, drug tested. Yeah, that or like she's, you know, last year she ran 2.15, won the marathon, um, or won Berlin, so, you know, in terms of making a heap of money, she probably doesn't need to like race to make money. Whereas a lot of the other Africans, you know, it's their job and, um, you know, probably need to race more often to, to make a living. Like, you know, Kipchoge's very similar. Like you don't see him race very often. He only races yeah. twice a year. Yeah. Twice a year. Two yeah. So year. it's similar. Like, I know what you're saying there, Moose. It's like, it has happened in the past that when people just go missing for a long period of time and then come out, um, who was the, um, the the marathoner back in like the seventies, um, the German guy was it Ch- Chapinski? Oh yeah, Walters Walters Chapinski. Yeah, basically you'd see him at the Olympics and then you wouldn't yeah. see him for four years and then you come That's out at the exactly Olympics. Exactly what happened. And, and same with was, yeah, yeah, same with um, the Finnish guy. Uh, oh, Viren. Yeah, Lassie Viren was a bit like that too. Yeah. Um, another question for you, Moose, because I asked for listener questions today on Instagram, and a lot of people have been writing in about these new shoes oh, that, yeah. are, that are supposedly – and I actually didn't even know about them. Somebody mentioned it to me on the weekend. I'm like, oh, I haven't really heard anything about it. But supposedly they're they're only good for one race, and they're like, what, 500 bucks, 600 bucks or something? 500 US. US, yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking more like 800 Australian they would be. Do you know much about them? Uh, well, a little bit. I mean, I followed slightly. The biggest factor with this is it's 138 grams. I think it's like that. I think that might be a men's size nine, just without fully knowing. That's normally what they go off. And the equivalent from Nike would be like the Vaporfly, which is 195. Mm. So they've dropped 60 grams off. And that type of weight, you're getting down to sort of spike weight. So they've got the cushion. They've found a way to make their foam extremely light. Obviously, the compromise is the durability and the price. Uh, So, yeah, that's I've I've not seen one. I'm not sure there's any in Australia. I just don't know. I think you have to, in order to buy one, you have to go into like a lottery system, Mm. and then if if you get like if you're lucky enough to get pulled out, you get to give them 800 bucks or however much Australian it is. I, there's nothing like the the big thing here is the weight. That's the big thing. Mm. But as another element, because it's not like if she did this in a pair of like vapor flies or alpha flies, where like yep. we everyone's running those before, we know uh, how people respond to them, and yeah, okay, people are running faster since they've come out. But then it's like, well, is this just her being like so much fitter versus how much is the shoe versus? some other things potentially like it's yeah there's a lot of things that uh yeah maybe need unpacking or yeah you can't can't quantify yeah it it, this is remember paula radcliffe when we when i started running she had an untouchable world record 215 
no one, not a lady had broken 220 that I remember seeing for like two or three years after I first started. And then there are a couple of sub 220s and you're like, yeah, they're still four years, four minutes off Paula Radcliffe. That was exceptional what she did. No one will even get near it. And then they started to get near it. And now look at this. They're beating it by four minutes. Mm. It's just an absolute another world that we're living in. And that's just not shoes. Surely we can't like put that down just to shoes. Mm. And I'm not saying it's the end of the... Well, I'm saying... I'm saying you've got to be a pretty um, head-in-the-sand sort of operator to to not think about how someone's come out of the actual, like, fucking woodwork to, to, to progress to the fastest of all time by an absolute mountain, like two minutes off the world record. Mm. <sighs> two minutes off a world record. Yeah, it was incredible. I, I didn't know what to think. Um, yeah, I still don't. Are you so? Do you watch? Did you watch it and go? Were you like inspired by it? Were you worried by it? Are you a bit flat after seeing it? Mm, well, no, I didn't really think anything because I, I've, I think I've just become numb to it all. Like every every week or every month, like somebody's running like crazy fast where you never thought that would happen. Like ten years ago, this yeah. is next level for me though. This is like yeah. you know when like you use the example of. Um, the lady who ran 14 flight 1401 last week. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah mm. I know like sub elite men, like I've nearly done that. But like you compare this to 11 to the men who have ran to 11. Yeah. And you're like, she went past Jared Ward. Like she mm. finished four seconds beyond Liam Adams. <laughs> like, like Andy Buchanan's a 211 guy. We've only had a handful of men in the history of like, so maybe I'm just looking at it with the wrong lens and like, the, the gap's not going to be big over the marathon anymore between men and women. Maybe that's my problem. Well, do you know what opened this up for me was like, and, and when you think about like, it, it is possible based on, um, remember Gide's Valencia half marathon, the day that she oh, just yeah. like, so she ran 62, 60, yeah, 62, 52, which sort of stacks up to like, if you, if you run 62, 52 as a male and you're a good marathoner, you can run to you can run to eleven high. So, okay, so if that, Gide did this yesterday and not um, Sefer, do you have less like jaw dropping wow perhaps, moments? Yeah, perhaps. I guess it's just Asefa, You've only seen her really run at this elite um, yeah. level for the marathon twice, and it's twelve months between them. I guess what I'm saying is like you know the, the female half marathon world record is probably in line mm. with the marathon in yeah. terms of you know like you know. Like, Andy. what's Andy run for yeah, the half? Andy 62. hasn't run much faster than 62.52. So, yeah. yeah. So it, it does sort of stack up, but it's still incredible to think. Um, yeah. It is. It is. You, I was, I actually mentioned in a, another group we've got going where we're all following our mates um, and athletes we coach. And I commented, I said, can you believe we're all sitting around here? like hanging on the edge of our seats for two two hour 40 marathons like and at the and at the same time a chick's gone and run 211 no yeah, I, got, we... I got more out of that yeah i did too i, I was like that I, felt, I kind of felt weird about the 211 but i'm like where's patty where's rob what's no, jimmy what doing saying. yeah i know that's, yeah that's that's what running that's what's happened i reckon lately is that we're sort of so um sort of disillusioned i guess with with the top end and it's 
like we've seen all the positive tests come out. We kind of we know the culture of it now of what's going on over there that we're just jaded by it. Mm. Yeah. Well, you just we know you're in, you're involved with these people that we're tracking, and you know their stories and their families and their training. Like, like we don't know anything about this lady, and maybe it's the storytelling around her and the media and stuff. But like, yeah, Asefa like didn't know anything about her other than her result from last year, and she ran to eight hundreds back in the day. Well, I raised that with you before the race, Brady, when you sent through the, um, or was it maybe Christian, sent through the pacing, like all the people that were going to be pacing. And there are so many top-level Africans that, like, I don't know who they, like, if they walk past me down the street, like, if, if this Tiggs Asefa walked down the street, like, I wouldn't know, like, I wouldn't recognise her at all. Like, I, I could probably name five, five of the top male marathoners that's it but like every marathon somebody just comes out of the woodwork so it's, it's really it's a really hard sport to follow especially when you think like we are invested in this sport and i couldn't tell you who who are the top you know or ranked top three top four marathoners you know just it's, yeah it's so hard to follow because everyone's coming out and running 202 203 um and you don't know their stories hope she bought her pace for a beer he was gassed he was gassed. He, I reckon she could have ran two ten if he wasn't holding her back a bit. But that's the thing. He probably that, was not. He had no idea what was about to happen. Yeah, he took her all the way to Brandenburg Gate, so he did a great job. Um, but I'd love to know, like, he actually looked exhausted, whereas she never did. And if anything, yeah. when he waved her in to say, like, now kick it home, she looked way like she went to another level. I reckon she's got more there. Yeah, she looked pretty smooth. I thought um, it was corny, though, Moose, when they cross the line and then she pulls off the shoes and she's pointing to the uh, shoes and stuff. I'm like, oh. I, only because I think now everyone goes, oh, it's all the shoes. Let's not ask any other questions. She knows where her paycheck's coming mm. from. Don't worry. Good mm. from her. She knows. She's been told. The agent's really educated her. <laughs> I was a bit like you, Brady, in that I was more invested with all the people that I had on the tracker, which, which meant that I, yeah, I had the... I was watching it, but I wasn't really watching the race. So, like, giving you a really in-depth race analysis of what happened, I couldn't tell you because I was just, you know, every every 15 minutes you're looking at your phone and then obviously the, the gap between the, you know, the guys that are running, like, 220 and the guys that are running 240. So you're constantly then looking at the splits because they're all going to be going through at sort of, you know, different times. Um, so, like, I probably didn't pay that much attention overall to the actual race because I was just on the phone on the tracker. Yeah, some other notable uh, women's performance. Charlotte Perdue, she ran a PB of 2.22.17 to finish, finish ninth. Tara Palm made her highly anticipated debut. She came 32nd and ran 2.33 at 19. Um, and Vanessa Wilson from Melbourne, she was 34th in 2.34.29. Took five minutes off her PB from 2.39. Probably a name That's a lot big. of people uh, don't know unless you're in the AV scene. I reckon she runs for Essendon. Who's? Know much about Vanessa? I don't know much about Vanessa. Mm. I've seen the name a lot though. Um, she's not with friend, sister of um, Charlotte. Charlotte, Wilson. not a hundred percent sure, Moose. They both, both run for Essendon though. Yeah, I'll have a look. See what I'm I can not sure find. exactly. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, mm. the, so that, that's an awesome. Like Charlotte Purdue, she knows how to run a marathon. She's exceptional at marathoning. <laughs> She is all class in how she handles it too. Yeah, she, she was pretty much even split, slight, slight negative split, uh, ne- negative split. We're talking like seconds. Yeah, really good marathoner. 
Don't think in a relation, Moose. She's okay. a phys ed teacher, though, so she's working pretty hard. She's updated her Instagram Babe. bio already. Phys ed teacher. Tell me how they, on the um, hierarchy of teachers, where's a phys ed, phys ed teacher sit? That's croaks. I'd say pretty low PE teachers. Pretty low. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't we, uh, in the staff room we, very often. Yeah, we chose PEs. Chose PE so we didn't have to get dressed up when we go to work. Mm, always in like tracky oh, pants with holes and stuff. I could see wearing two inch flitties. He'd have a polo tucked into him, wouldn't he? Yeah. He'd have a whistle around the neck, real and oh, two dirty. Minute, two minute noodles at lunch, kind of guys. It's even, it's even dirty, be- dirty yeah. man. It's even better now as a relief PE teacher because you know you go there assuming you're going to be doing PE, but if on the odd chance you're not doing PE, you're still in like your casual gear and you yeah you're teaching maths or English, so. Yeah, one of the perks of being a PE teacher just to, to rock clar- up in shorts. Just to clarify the Tara Palm debut stuff as well, fellas, Berlin Marathon listed her as a debut yesterday and her World Athletics profile had no marathons on it until she ran last night. Well, so the, I will the Australian... win the argument. All these people writing in, having a crack at me on our social media and Patreon, I was the correct so, one. Okay. I'll accept, Australian, I'll accept everyone's str- apologies right now. Brady, there's an Australian marathon yeah. website that has all of the rankings of people that have run marathons, <laughs> and not... she's on that list. She's on there twice. We're going with World Ath- World Athletics is much more credible than some so Mickey Mouse if... website that someone's made in their spare time, Crocs. If someone's run a 10K and it's not on World Athletics, do we disregard that mm. run entirely? Do you know how organised the Germans are, Moose? If they're saying it no, was no, on debut, what about, if, this, what about this hypothetical? So does that mean that any run that's not on World Athletics is just, we just disregard totally? For elite level can't people. Make, she's making national teams. TVs, can't be counted as runs at all. Yeah, I think so. In fact, so. they just haven't done it. Just <laughs> don't exist the books. in the universe somewhere. What, what about this hypothetical? Stewie gets announced debuting at London Marathon. In preparation, he goes and does the Shepherd and Marathon as a long run workout. Stewie's already paced at Melbourne Marathon. He's been on the start line. Are you calling that his debut? Well, he started a marathon. You guys have lost the plot. I'm See, so I'm, glad. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy to pay that one. If you're, if you're pacing. Oh, Christ, if you're... Don't go back here. You've, no. got to, you've got to fight to the end. If what, you're pacing if and, you're, pulls and you pull the, pin at, pull the pin at halfway, but, that, but you are there to pace. Um, then I'm all right with that. But can't do a uh, workout it, in the it's, marathon. It's when you've it's when you've gone the whole distance. No. When you've gone the journey. It's bib on the start line, boys. Oh. It's crossing that start line. That's it. He's given his date. That'll cost him five hundred grand, I reckon, Stewie. I thought mm. you knew more about running than um than that. To be honest, let's go to the men's results. Elliot Kipchoge croaks. He went through in sixty twenty two. Looked like a real uh, world record attempt was going to be on the cards. Had. Well, he had three paces in the Berlin black and white bars, and then um, there was another guy in the pack who maybe was an unofficial pacer because he pulled out with the last pacer as well at 30k, and then it was just a script that we're known to follow. He is our solo for the last 10, 12k, and he blew up a bit. He ran 62.21 for the second half for a 202.42. Um, I thought that was got. I thought he was going to get like caught at one stage. Kip Kimmoy, he was second. Vincent in 203.13. And Tedeschi Tequili was third in 203.24. I hadn't heard about those other two before this race, but um, probably the better runs, I think, than the Kipchoge one, even though they didn't win. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, I guess they were more consistent. I, um, yeah, I was surprised when you had the three paces and then his teammate, and I looked up his teammate on World Athletics, and his PB was two hours eight. And I think he he was like a 59 half marathoner. And I'm like, 
how is this guy still here? Like knowing that, uh, yeah, they're going to go through halfway in a, you know, not much slower than this guy's half marathon PB. And then when he pulled out, it was obviously staged because who pulls out of a race when, like, you're not a designated pacemaker, well, you're not wearing one of the pace vests and you're in second place. And he was about a minute second, up on third yeah, as well. Was, exactly. I, yeah, it was bizarre to watch. It was almost like you said, oh, yeah, this is like WWE, like, script it was almost to yeah have a little bit more interest there knowing that somebody was still with him thinking that it was like a legitimate race because mm. if he wasn't when he, there when did he pull out what what distance? uh just after 30k i reckon he, yeah he oh, pulled yeah. out with the other pacer and then he started tapping him on the back as they were both walking in the gutter because you could imagine how boring that would have been like because kipchoge was pretty much on his own after what five ten k um and if that teammate wasn't there you'd be like oh this is over whereas no one everyone's thought oh well, this guy's going to challenge kipchoge potentially until 30k when he pulled out or yeah. just after 30k everyone was looking him up searching who is this guy <laughs> um <laughs> the guy was second vincent that was his debut actually so we'll put a bit of a watch on him if you're debuting in 63 13 that's a pretty good result 203 13 sorry 203 13 and Tequila, I'm just trying to look up at the moment, but it's going a bit slow. Um, some notable men, Liam Adams, did not break the Australian record. He was on pace for about 30k. I'd opened up a damn Mervis tab moose and was about to put through a delivery and get you to pay for it, but now I oh. owe you a slab after he <laughs> ran 2.11.47. Faded probably three or four minutes in the um, in the back half there. Comments on Liam before I get to everyone else? Um. Yeah, like struggled big time in that last sort of 5K. Like he actually finished just in front of uh, Asefa, um, well, six seconds. You could see him just up the road. He looked, yeah, looked like it was pretty painful. Um, look, it, he, it was worth him giving it a shot. Like, you know, he came, like given what he ran on the Gold Coast, if he was in similar sort of shape, then you're mad not to have a crack at the Aussie record um, because he's already got... You know, I think he'll make the Olympics with the time that he's run, even though it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't the Olympic standard. I think he's, I think he'll do enough to get on the team. So you may as well put it out there um, to, yeah, to try and break that Aussie record. Mm. Moose, any comments there? Yeah, been living like a professional athlete the last, what, six weeks? Is that how long he's been yeah, in I'm France not sure for? How long he was over there for? I know he was watching Carlton play footy over there a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, at least two or three. I reckon it was more than two or three though. You wouldn't just go there for a taper, would you? True. Like, you, I reckon it was. I'm not sure exactly when he went there, but um, yeah, maybe that doesn't work for him. Maybe he, he he's better when he. Although he was in um, Flagstaff before Gold Coast. Yeah. So he was on a training camp then too. Um, but he had a fantastic run uh, at Gold Coast. So, yeah, uh, my thoughts, I, I just um, debated with myself over the last 30 seconds, and I won, <laughs> and I won the argument. So uh, thoughts are, I mean, he had a crack. He went out at 2.6 pace, was the first 5K, like well ahead of Australian record pace. Mm. Um, so perhaps it was just a little hot early in that pack. Again, when you're when you're dealing in these absolutes, these real knife edge type um, scenarios, if you go even just that little bit over, the race can fall apart and it can crumble. 
So that's probably what just happened. Maybe just a smidge hot early. Mm. And, and, and when we're talking perfect conditions, 16 is not perfect conditions. I'm not saying it's hot, but when you want something to go perfect for you, 16 ain't it. It's more like 12. And so, again, we're talking like riding the finest line ever and you're adding four degrees and it's getting warm and there's a bit of humidity. Perhaps that all the ducks aren't lining up that day. And it did sound like Christian sent a message through after he'd done his half marathon pacing job that, you know, it was starting to, you know, warm up with, with like direct sunlight. And, and and sometimes that's the issue as well. Sometimes the, the weather will say that it's only 16 degrees, but it can sometimes feel like a hell of a lot hotter than that if you've got some direct sunlight on you. Um, and they're big open roads in Berlin too. Yeah. Like it's not, the trees aren't covering the roads. It's only 16, boys. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> um, James Nipperis, we spoke about him, 2.19.55. Paddy yeah. Stowe from the road to Berlin was 2.25.41. Rob Wilson got his 2.40 goal, 2.38.21. Jimmy Friend, 2.43.08. The other one in there would have been um, Jacob Cox Croaks. I reckon he was 2.27 off a pretty hot start. Yeah, like there's a lot of guys that were like even Nipper was seventy seven. Oh, sorry, sixty seven twenty through half. So what's that? Two fourteen forty pace, and then ran seventy two. A lot of those sort of top Aussie guys were probably four or four to five minutes slower in the second half than the the first. So they all they all pretty much ran similar races. Like they just finished obviously in, you know slightly different times. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'll be looking forward to hearing the recap from the Road to Berlin boys to yeah. see what it was like out there and, um, yeah, sort of w- what happened. That's going to be good. Uh, anything else to say about Berlin before we move on? Uh, did you... Um, Three boys. Wh- what you... Yeah, you said that. Did we... you listen? <laughs> oh, I thought we'd talk about it more in depth. No, oh, we'll you want to talk about them. it? No, no, we'll listen to them. We'll listen to them talk about it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hear from it was, them first um... and then you can comment. Yeah. Okay. Watching the footage, did uh, did it sort of bring back memories, and you sort of w- wished you were over there? Yeah, I sent a message to you saying let's go next year. Yeah, like I love, you know, the thing I love about Berlin Marathon is you think of all of the people that have come from all different parts of the world to meet for that sort of one day, and you know, for that for the love of the marathon, you know, to think that. You know, Rob left here last Tuesday. Like, you know, we'll message Christian, who's on the other side of the world. And, you know, Christian comes from Norway to Berlin and Rob goes from Canberra there. And then you've got people that have been training in Kenya that, you know, um, that end up in Berlin. And, like, it's it's pretty cool. Like, so, yeah, I, I definitely had a bit of FOMO. Mm, yeah. Just see garden. It, it's, it's a good race. I've never really remember the course at all. Like I saw a photo of the maps on, I mean, on Strava, I see all the maps and I'm like, oh, I've got no idea where any of these places are. I just, I, I can't link up the course to the maps at all. And I, if someone told me, oh, at this point in the race, I can't picture it again at all. Mm. I just, it's all a bit of a blur to me. Mm. I just remember the half marathon point, which is where I stopped and met Viv's parents. You, was... you go under that bridge, don't you? Yeah. When I saw it last night, Moose, it gave me more memories. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that bit. I remember that bit. But you're yeah. right. It's a bit of a blur. And the names aren't familiar. Like in New York, 
pretty easy to remember street names and, and boroughs. But over there, it's like, oh, I can't even say this. If I can't say it properly, then I can't remember it properly. And then I can't make any associations with it. So I don't really know the, the city very well. Mm. All right, let's go to the run pre-Krogs. Do you follow any of this? Was there a stream for this? I don't think there was. Just no, I didn't see a stream. That's a great event. It looks like a good event in its first year. Um, two laps around Albert Park for the 10K. So different to Athletics Victoria where they do the out and back three or four times on the one side of the lake. This does full laps, sealed road. Did I read somewhere they also took out like traffic islands and stuff? So it was even yeah, bigger. Yeah, they, they did. Yep. Certified. Um, that beautiful weather from all accounts as well and some good fields. So Jack Rayner rocked up, got the win, 28-34. Seth O'Donnell just behind him, twenty eight thirty nine for a big PB there, and Dale Carroll was third in twenty eight fifty two in the women's. Jane Gregson got the win in thirty one fifty six, so she's backed up well after uh, Cedar to Bay winning that last week. Olga Fasova from Queensland was second in thirty two fifty four, and Lucy Duncan was third in thirty three seventeen. Any comments there, boys, on the ten k before I go to the five k? Uh, just that it looked like a really good event and like a good initiative. Like it's it's one of those events that um, like it's different running like a race in Albert Park where you're only sort of doing, you know, half of the Grand Prix circuit. Whereas here, like to have a course where you're not doing any U-turns um, yeah, and the time of the year, like it's perfect, like, you know, a good hit out for people that are doing Melbourne Marathon. Um, the weather's likely to still be like pretty cool. So, like, it's definitely a 10K that I would I would be willing to travel for something like this because it could potentially be the quickest 10K course in the country, um, you know, if, if the weather's right. Oh, and people did. Like, we saw, like, I think Nick Earl was over there. So they run, like, a an elite race and then an open race. So I think in the elite race, well, maybe not elite's not the right word, but there was, you had to break 40 minutes, I think to get a start in that one there was 162 finishes in that one and then the open 10k i'm just seeing how their numbers went um 410 and then that a half marathon as well which had um 428 finishes so they're done pretty well that's a maybe 1.2 mm. 1.5 you reckon they made enough to close the roads not sure yeah you'd know those more sort about of numbers that i'm I not do. sure yeah. about that. that that'd be an expensive little exercise uh and what about the prize money? It was pretty good. That's why the good guys went there. 273 in the 5K as well. Yeah, what was the prize? Do you know what it was off the top of your head? No. No. If Jack and Jen are though, you'd expect it's pretty good. 3,000 maybe? I think it was 6,000 in total. So maybe if they're paying down, maybe not. I'm sure it's on their website, fellas. I'll have, why don't yeah. we just have a look? We'll have a look at that. Pull one. it up. I'll, I'll read out the rest of the results. So the half marathon, Anthony Aloisi from uh, Box Hill got the win there in 65.59. And Lauren Cockrell got the win in the women's in 84.33. And then 5K, so I'm guessing this is just a hot lap of the lake. Uh, Dijon Gabriel Celesi ran 14.16. Good to see Dijon back. And Alicia Bursey was the first woman in 17.12. Got any, anyone looked up that prize money? Well, I'm on their uh, on their website, but can't open anything. But it says twelve thousand in prize money. Yeah, I, I got it here. I wouldn't got it here. I, wouldn't it be like three thousand, two thousand, one thousand? That's exactly like, what it for, is. Yeah. For the tank. Yeah. 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 That's good. I thought it was the, 6, the half marathon was three hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, one hundred, and then the five k was 
a hundred bucks, forty bucks, forty yeah. bucks. Do you reckon you need the half? No. I'll just do you a ten and do it well. Yep. Make it a fast ten. I this is where I, like just like the conversation around Sydney last week, find the race, own the distance. Like own the race being a ten K and being a fast one and and put yourself up against like Bernie ten. Yeah. Whatever fast 5k does it they do it so well all the resources all the prize money the effort the marketing goes into that one race and i reckon that's that's the way to go do you reckon though the half might snag a few that want to do this three weeks out from the marathon whereas they're less likely to maybe do the 10k three weeks out from the marathon well perhaps but they it doesn't sound like they got that many this time around anyway hmm uh, let's go to listener question next, Croaks. Yeah, so we sort of touched on this pretty early on in tonight's episode, but the question uh, has come in from Marcus Hughes, and he says, why do you think it's so hard for most people to negatively split the marathon? He's got, like, Berlin, etc. So he was obviously uh, tracking some people yesterday who, um, yeah, probably had some positive splits, and he's wondering why it's so, yeah, hard for people to negative split. Well, we went through it, right? We... We went through it. Well, the, throw out the reasons why you slow down in a marathon. And, and you slow down because of fatigue, dehydration, uh, depletion. So that's three kind of big ones. Fatigue can be physical fatigue and mental fatigue. Uh, you can, not often, but a lot of people will go a bit too hard and become sort of lactic, have to slow down because they uh, spend a bit too much time accumulating lactic acid that that's a real problem if you've done that um but that will eventually creep up as you continue your your run if you're running too hard so if you consider they're the reasons you can sort of go all right fueling's one maybe not enough training to be able to handle that fatigue or to delay the fatigue through better conditioning and training um pacing for me is the biggest reason why people fuck it up uh, a lot of people come in with great preps and fuck up the, the, the pacing. And just under, just always aiming for that A-plus goal and not being flexible enough around that to to listen to your body if things aren't on that A-plus goal sort of um, trajectory. So like four degrees, a bit warmer, um, perhaps there's just something not quite right, but yet you're not you're too rigid to give up on that exact pace that you're going for. And then that exact pace all of a sudden becomes something that's not quite good enough on the day and you drop a few seconds underneath there every K and it just it all just accumulates like a perfect storm and blows you up. Mm. I think you said something before about um because I you often read and I've said it myself hundreds of times. And especially even with the training as well, you're like, oh, this marathon goal pace feels good or it felt good for the first 15 or 20K. And maybe like unpacking what good actually is and maybe it shouldn't feel good. Maybe it should feel easier than good. Yeah. Well, yeah, it should feel easy. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, it shouldn't feel good. Yeah, it should feel yeah. like you're actually going too slow. Yep. I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think, like I said, if it's easy, then it's probably right. But how many people can be comfortable and disciplined enough, patient enough to feel really easy in for like mm. a good hour and a half of running? 
Hey, and especially if you've travelled over the other side of the world and you're in that atmosphere of these races, which are just so much better than anything people have experienced in Australia. And it's like, you're on the start line saying, this is my day. Like, look at this. Mm. This, this is my day I'm going to break through. And it feels easy. comes down to ego, good. doesn't it? Yeah. It comes, it, it comes down to someone just having their confidence. Maybe it comes down to security like or insecurity. Insecurity, yeah. That that you'll you'll be able to increase the pace later, or or that you'll be, um, that you like the time that you're running, or how easy it feels. You're not. I'm going to almost say knowledgeable enough to know that you're not going to leave time out there. I think it's why I think it's experience. I think it's a bit of wisdom to be at 45 minutes into the run thinking. Oh geez, this feels too easy. I'm going to fuck this run up. I'm going to make it's going to be too easy. It's going to be too slow. When really you have an hour and a well, it depends how long you're going, but it could be an hour and a half to two and a half hours where you can actually take advantage of 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 uh, I guess picking the pace up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think just sort of what I said before about that, like building that little insurance policy where go like work out what your goal time is or what you what you think you're absolutely capable of on the perfect day and go out like five seconds a k slower than that for at least the first 15 to 20k because that means that if you have the perfect day you're going to storm home in the second half if you don't have the perfect day you've been at least conservative enough that you can probably hold it to the finish line and yeah, okay, you're not going to you're not going to run the exact time that you're hoping for, but it's going to be ballpark. Um, so, and I think there's also depending on the type of runner. So, like we're probably dealing more with the runners who we know that like are quite serious, are quite well prepared. But there's a lot of people that just go and enter the marathon that are underdone, and they go out at a pace that feels like you know pretty easy compared to like their five k park runs that they're doing. But it's still way faster for the amount of training that they've done, and they're um they just don't have the K's in the legs, and they get to, well probably even sometimes before halfway, and they're like, oh, it's just <laughs> it's a long way home from here. So yeah, pacing mm. or just not not being prepared. Because when you roll that dice in the marathon, like it's pretty rare that it comes off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how many times do you read a Strava post being like, I risked it, I went two minutes quicker than I thought I should have gone, and I pulled it off. Like, like I reckon somebody like Nipper probably could have run to two uh, fifteen. Oh, he's a great runner. Yeah, like I, yeah. I, you know, I would have. If you asked me before the race, like to pick a time, because you, you know, he ran a pretty good half on the Gold Coast, City to Surf. And I would have said like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have said like, you know, two two fifteen, um, something like that. But like at one point, I think he was in like the two twelve, two thirteen sort of range, and it's just, yeah, you know, it's like going that fast even though it's not a heat faster it really like hits you in that second half um yeah so, but they he'll talk, learn he'll run he'll run he'll run way faster well they talk about being brave and a lot of people who who run too quick too early outside of their capabilities are uh, called brave they get praise it's like oh what a gutty run or put it on the line didn't leave any questions or whatever like that like that's not brave brave is knowing that people around you are ahead of you that you've beaten in the past and that you'll probably fitter than but you're 
you're brave enough to let them go and run with discipline, knowing you'll catch them later. To me, that's what brave is in the marathon. Because it's, it's easier to go out with them. It's easier to run faster at the start. It feels more natural. You're not having to hold yourself back. But it, it very, very rarely comes off. Mm. All right, good chat, fellas. Um, Moose on the Loose, is this where we're talking about this competition? No, yeah, well, I'll talk about this. So as you know, um, the, the running company Geelong, we are sponsoring the podcast at the moment. And so I thought, well, let's um, do a bit of a, a prize giveaway. I think that's what you call it. Competition, promotional thing. So we've got a $300 voucher to the store. can be used on anything we've got in stock, including super shoes. So it'll get you partway there to some of the super shoes. <laughs> They're expensive these days. So three bucks, that's, uh, that's a lot of socks if, uh, if croaks, if you do any super shoes at the moment um now the eligibility so this is what you got to do to win 300 buck voucher you got to live in australia so we're not doing internationals we love you but we're not mm. going to have you part of this competition i think you just make it difficult for everybody uh you've you've got to comment the name of your goat shoe so greatest shoe that you've ever run in your whole life in the inside running podcast post that's going to appear on wednesday so Zach is going to put a post up on Wednesday and you're going to type in, in the, I don't, we don't, like comments, there's going to be no competition around the, the actual choice of shoe. I just want to use a bit of a, a, a talking point, a discussion point. I reckon you get some good um, interaction in there. You'll be able to bring back some memories for some of the old fellas like Zacha. He gave me his today. It was the Nike Lunar Racer. Um, so I think that's when he did his best work back then in the days of the Lunar Racer. Uh, what are your two boys? What's your greatest shoe of all time? Training, racing, whatever. What's, what do you got your greatest memories wearing? Yeah. I like the Nike Lunar um, Glide, the training shoe. Which one? Oh, like whatever one it was before it was discontinued. Really? You I, like the later ones? I just used to buy them every year, yeah. But I think it's just like really? the memories of what you were just running then you know what i mean just like old memories and stuff yeah that was my go-to yeah. shoe i just buy that yeah yeah okay They're just jogging that yeah the lunar glide there were some good years they had some good years they also had some horrors but um yeah good on you for sticking with them the whole throughout everything mm. first uh first version of the lunar racer for me um i reckon the lunar racer like the second and third versions, they became a little bit harder and not as much, like not as much bounce. Yeah. Whereas I almost felt like the first Lunar Racer was like the, the super shoe before super shoes came out. You're like, this is a fast shoe, but I feel like I get a, like, I feel like I've got a bit of pop compared yep. to your traditional racing flat where you used to feel like the road underneath you. Yeah. It's the first shoe that didn't look at, weight as the only thing that was considered when it was being made as like a um as a racing shoe you know like they just used to go how can we make our, make our shoes as light as possible yeah and lunar race is like well how about we cushion the shoe as well like maybe that'll feel good at the 40k mark of a marathon this is a tough question now moose mm. like given how much shoe technology has changed now like most of the goat shoes are like in the current era because yeah. you're like you know, like 
if I go and run in a super blast and I try and compare that to any other shoe that I used to jog in 10 years ago, as much as I may have loved those shoes back then, it's nowhere near as good as what I'm running in now. No, I, I know. I, I fully agree with you, but we have memories. Mm-hmm. And and the, and my memories of some shoes, like for me, it's the Nike Terra Kyger version one. So that, that shoe for me, I'll remember that as the greatest shoe that I've ever run in. And even if I put it on now, I'm sure it's a piece of shit. But <laughs> uh, my perception of it is amazing, can't be beaten. What about the um, another Nike one, Moose, that fly-knit trainer? I think oh, it became yeah, a fashionable see. shoe now, didn't it? And the collectible. I've Don't got you a, collect it? I think I've got 20 pairs in 20 my um, pairs. cupboard. Yeah. But I haven't seen them for years. And they did. They found, like, it got released for the um, 20, uh, what was London, 2012 Olympics. Um, it came out in green and vault. It was the vault colorway or there was the orange colorway with gray. And they had their marathoners wear them. Fucking poor bastards, because that was like the most uncomfortable shoe I've ever run in in my life. It's just so narrow, so That was firm. the racer, not that the That was trainer. the racer, yeah. yeah. They had a trainer too. The racer was terrible to race. I remember trying to race in that. that yeah, was no good. terrible shoe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that could be up there. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, so the other sort of regulations... You've got to follow the running company Geelong on Instagram. So we're going to uh, we're going to be announcing some stuff on that page soon. So even if you don't want to be part of this competition, still give it a follow. Uh, it's a good idea, and we'll be checking if you follow it if you do enter the competition. So Zach, he said, make sure that do because a lot of dogs out there they're going to try and sneak their way around that. And then the last one, and this is my favourite regulation. So you must comment on one of one Strava post of Brady's throughout the week. So the competition will run for one week. Be open Wednesday, shut Wednesday. We'll shut it at midday on Wednesday after this week. And got to comment on one of Strava's Strava post of Brady's through that week. Or you've got to direct message him on Instagram with the phrase and nothing else. A penguin is a fish. Just go there. Just go Strava. Keep it on sports. Or, or, nah. send him, or send him a voice message saying it's, oh. it's Grand Prix, not Grand Prix. Yeah, I've corrected that <laughs> yeah. as we go. No, I, I like that as we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like this voice message saying a penguin is a fish. Well, either, either send or. Send it in his DMs. I love it. I did, that, that, that's a shoe. Whoever came up with that's terrible. Like, I just read off, stra- off um, Google that day. I remember Ugh. we were talking about it. You can do that as much as you want, but yeah, add Google in there as well because they've got information wrong on their website. Brady, Brady will be off Strava for the next week. <laughs> I don't have no. Oh, anyway. right. Can you maybe put in there fourth thing? You must be following Brady on Strava as well. We may as well get my followers up before. No, 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 no. That's not in there. That's not in there. Not at all. So, all right, eligibility. Let's go. Comment the name of your goat shoe. Follow TRC. Be in Australia. Got a comment or DM Brady. I've never seen so many steps a to a competition, Chris. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, mate, you, we're in the business. It's what a are, legal game now. Getting his, get his money's well. worth, isn't yeah. he? I'm offering 300 bucks up. You know, like people will start taking the piss with that. You've got to yeah. have rules. What about the bloke who guessed your time after you crossed the line at Sydney? What, he put... It's happened a few times. Like people wait until you've actually finished the marathon when we do guessing competitions and then they guess the actual time <laughs> on the post thinking that we <laughs> won't realise. Well, do you have a rule for it? 
Yes, it's like entries close at this time. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's rules for that. That's yeah. why I got rules for this too. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm sure Zach will have all those rules in the uh, Instagram post, Facebook post, wherever that's going, in both locations, I'd assume, on um, Wednesday. So keep a lookout for that one. Uh, what's coming up? The World Road Running Champs. These are in uh, Latvia. Is that right, Croaks? In Riga? Yeah, Latvia. Yeah. Um, we've got a big team. Stewie's there in the 5K, isn't he? He's a headliner. Jessica Hull's headliner as well. They were both in the posters. Yeah, I think Jess Hull's like in the – is it a 1,500 or a mile? Is it a mile? Yeah, there's a mile there. Ramsden's in the mile as well. Haven't got all the names in front of me, but we've got some pretty decent people going around. Should be good. What yeah. time of the day is that going to happen? Sunday afternoon? I'm not sure. I right. wonder if there's yeah. a I wonder if there's a live stream for it. Well, it's Surely. all on one day, or is it across a couple of days? I'm not sure. If we uh, if we find something, we'll. Oh, it's over a few days. This has yeah, replaced it's... the World Half Marathon champs, hasn't it? Yeah, um, it's from the 30th to the 1st of October. Okay. Sorry, 30, yeah, 30th of September to the 1st of October. So it's over a couple of days. Right. Um, let me see. Uh, no, it doesn't have. Uh, yeah. But if we find a link to a live stream, we'll, we'll let people know. Keep Lemo running, isn't he? I reckon he's running. Uh, I thought Kip, I thought Kip Lemo paced the um, paced Berlin yesterday, the two hour thirty group. Did he, he was the whole definitely way? listed as one? I yeah. read because um, I'm trying to think where I. It was in like uh, Nike's saw, like, promo. Two hour thirty group. Yeah, yeah, I saw on YouTube that like all these greats, so like Paula Radcliffe was pacing like the three hour thirty group, and um, yeah, Kip Lemo was the two hour thirty group. I'm not sure how far he paced. I'm I'm guessing he wouldn't have done the whole lot because um, uh, Craig Engels was there as well to pace. So I'm, I'm, there's no way he would have been doing the full marathon. That's just Nike trying to get some exposure in a Adidas event, Moose. Wait, they... So they're official? No, they can't be official paces. I wonder how they got not. that across the line, Crooks. I guess yeah, no, Paul I guess is a past just, winner, there... but it's a very heavy Adidas event, but I guess they get the mm. Nike exposure through Kipchoge win as well. Paul won Berlin. Hey? Did Paul win Berlin? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. She ran pretty quick there too, I reckon. I'm going to say like 217, 218. So is that yeah. your moose on the loose, was it? Your competition? I guess so. I I mean, I've, we've gone through... Mm. Going through a few things. No, no purchases. Got your money yet? Yeah, paid up. Well, no, I get no, no. I don't expect that straight away. They got a bit to work through Sydney Marathon. They asked for um, bank I, account details. I, not, not quite yet. I might just send them through. Just take the um, initiative there. But the, I, I think the sauna's out though, fellas. Ooh. I think the sauna's out. I got to get air conditioning. It's fucking hot in this house, and I've got no aircon in my bedroom. So. Yeah. I need mm. an air conditioner. Get a split system installed? Yeah, I think so. I think so. What about a spa? I could see you getting a spa soon yeah, as well. Yeah, on, on that like decking mm. you've got there. I'm not into spas. I found they're a bit weird and gross. Mm. Like, you get in there hot. I reckon I could, I could be the next um, cold plunge influencer. Ah, too many. You know, I was doing Blue Doctor before that thing got popular. You've well and truly missed the boat on that. It's a real thing, isn't it? Yeah. The old, like, and no one can do a cold plunge without fucking posting about doing a cold plunge. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's like it, it doesn't work if you don't take a post, make a post <laughs> about it or put a story up. It's like, we get it. You're, right, you're in cold water. Like, I'm not sure if it works or not. But 
like it's a popular thing and you want us to think that you're really brave and tough and like whatever but we don't need to know about it every single day like yeah mm. croaks what are you doing between now and next week uh not a great deal to yeah public holiday coming up a long weekend so both uh footy finals are on it's always a good time of the year um give us an NRL update croaks we've talking a bit spoken about afl what's happening in your code well, Brisbane have made the grand final as well. So I think it's the first time ever that uh, Brisbane have made the NRL grand final and the AFL grand final in the same year. So it's, um, yeah, the Brisbane Broncos versus the Penrith Panthers. So the Panthers are going for um, back to back to back. So this will be the third time in a row um, cool. that they've, they've won the premiership if they win. Dynasty. Will they win or have Brizzy got a chance? Uh, Penrith are favourites, but Brisbane are definitely uh, definitely a chance. Like they've been the top two teams all year. So similar so. to the AFL. Moose, you going Collingwood or are you going Brizzy? <laughs> no, no. Who do you, who does your head go with? Not your heart. Who do you who do you uh, think's going to win? Not want want to win. I actually didn't watch Brisbane the other night, so I, I've really only started watching the last few weeks the AFL. I, I they were pretty Brisbane, good. They're pretty impressive. Brisbane. Brisbane. Yeah. Collingwood, Collingwood know how to win. That's one thing I'll say. Like, I've watched a lot of games this year where Collingwood get up when it's close. Mm. So I think Collingwood will win. MCG too. Fuck, you're going to be full of yourself. Nah, isn't the M- – I think grand finals all like corporates. They're like diehard fans don't get in there. So I don't think the Collingwood army will have as big of an effect as it did last week. Mm. Anyway, we're doing an AFL podcast. Moose, what are you doing between now and next week? Well, be- oh, yep. Yeah, well, I'm going to be running a competition. I, I, I just can't wait to be seeing the DMs you're getting. Hopefully you post them out for us so we can see. Uh, I'm going to get back to running. That'll be nice. I got to pl- I've, written, so I've written a training plan for myself for this week. I'm actually, that's one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to stop half ass and everything. I'm going to do it properly now. So I'm going to wake up earlier, get my run done. No rushing, no cutting runs short because I just wasn't prepared enough before I left. I'm going to do proper strength and conditioning plan. I'm going to drink more electrolytes and water because I don't touch water during the day and I always feel like I'm dehydrated. So I just need to take care of a few little things. Mm. It's 2019 again, Brady. I like this from Moose, the real deal. You know what? I was thinking on my run today, I'm like, this is is 2017 all over again. I'm just just revisiting an earlier chapter where I run at 226 at – at Sydney was the same as 226 Melbourne 2016 and then and it was a hot day it was a shit Zaka ran with Zaka in the pack that day he touched me up he got third I think I was fifth that day and um but then you come off that and you're like okay well let's get some good conditions for the next one and feel like I'm just on this charge this this like it's all happening again chapter two Mm -hmm. well well, speaking of 2019 I reckon this was the first time that we uh we brought this subject up, but do you boys remember the Korean marathon movie that Moose was like, so Moose was living in oh, Ballarat yeah. and yeah, he was like, the organizer, weren't you, he was like scouting <laughs> out, scouting out locations and was potentially going to star in the film. So I had a message today saying or asking is Moose in the Korean marathon movie. It comes out Wednesday and I'm watching it Thursday. And that comes from Sydney. No. Well, so no, Sydney. I, I wasn't in the movie, although at one point I did 
hold a camera, like one of those, like, do they call them gimbals? They're like um, these big, like, frame, plastic frame thing. And I had to run through the marathon, through the field of them all up a hill. And so it showed like a point of view perspective of someone who was passing the whole field as they were running up a hill. Uh, yeah. That was pretty cool. I uh, don't know whether they'll use that footage in the film, but um, are there any Aussie, are there any runners from Ballarat or yeah. in Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nate Stokes in it. Part of it. All the Is extras he? were there. Yeah. All the extras. Yeah. Um, My cousin Rowan's in it as well. Well, there you go. So it comes out this week. That, where at? Where do you watch it? No. Oh. Um, if yeah, if Sydney, uh, who wrote that in on Instagram, if he can let us know, that would be handy. He'll be all over that, Sydney. He's mm. a good, good, loyal listener. Hi, right, boys. Men what do you have about you, Brady? What are you up to? Ah, second way of school holidays, Croaks. I've got to work tomorrow doing some run to PB stuff, though. So working during my holidays, um, going to school in the holidays, set up the tables, that kind of stuff. You know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Be a bit more training. A bit more I training don't know. I'm a relief teacher. A bit more training, and then we'll yep. uh, yeah, get things going again. Actually, I've got to do an interview. Have I got an interview for this week? Maybe it's next week. I've got a big interview coming up. Can't say yet. Big, big name, though, with a big announcement. Um, first time on the show as well. Coming mm. back from the United States. There's a hint for you. Um, I think really? I'm doing, yeah. yeah, I think I'm doing that. Jeez, I've got to check my calendar. Zach had teed it all up. But I think it's tomorrow. I think I know. I think I know what it is. Do you is. know when it is? I should have looked this up. No, I never got never got included. Yeah, I remember I just got, I was like, that's one thing I've got to chase out when I get back from this holiday. Anyway, boys, you'll hear all about that next week. See you, listeners. Have a good week. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Right. See you, boys. See ya. This episode was brought to you by The Running Company Geelong. If you'd like to look after a small business rather than the mega companies of the world, then hit up myself, Moose, and our awesome team down in Geelong or on Instagram at therunningcompany underscore Geelong. Doesn't matter if it don't come back. Under the sun.